Hi everyone, I hope you all are doing well. Um, I know that I didn't post an episode last week, but I'm back at it again. I'm in a new place. I'm back in Boston. Um, just got back last week for, from Minnesota, and now I'm here. Um, so we're gonna kick things off once again. Um, I will say that one concern I have with recording here is that I live on a very loud street and so I'm really 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 praying that you can't hear too much background noise like I'm not even joking it's really 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 loud um so I'm a bit stressed out by that and we'll just see what happens and today's episode is really important to me so and I think it's just like an important topic in general so I don't want noises to disrupt it um but there's only so much we can do and maybe i'll try to find some other like soundproof location where i can record for future episodes but i just haven't been able to do that yet um thank you all so much for the love on my podcast episode about london and i'm sure that i'll be talking about it or just related topics and lessons from that time in episodes to come uh but i just kind of wanted to give a brief overview for those of you who had a lot of questions um but yeah without further ado we'll get into this episode um i'm gonna share a little bit of a trigger warning here uh we are going to be talking about body image um everything from eating disorders to um Injuries to weight gain, weight loss, calories, uh, mental illness, all of that, mental health. So if you are going to be triggered by any of this in any way, which is totally, totally fine. I get it. I'm right there with you. I want you to take care of yourself and please do not feel as though you have to listen to this episode. Um, but for those of you who do, hopefully it'll help or you'll find some, I guess, solace or resonate with it and feel free to share it with your friends who might be struggling um, or who might relate to it. And yeah, I, I'm i gonna be talking a little bit about my journey and then also just general uh, information. Um, and I just think that this is really, really important, especially as we head into warmer months here in the U.S. And it's just been on my mind a lot recently. Well, it always has been, and we'll get into the reasoning for that as well. Um, I will make the slight disclaimer that I am sharing my experiences um, and speaking from those. So, of course, this does not speak for everyone, and I am like an average sized person so um i cannot speak for someone who has a different body type than i do and i you know i have struggled but i'm sure that there are people in the world who have who deal with a lot worse on a daily basis i i mean i know that there are many people um so just keep that in mind um and if this isn't for you, that's okay as well. But again, I just wanted to go ahead and talk about it. So um, I'm first gonna 
share like a little bit of general information because I think this is one of the most important takeaways and something that people really do not understand or recognize. Um, I will be linking the National Eating Disorder Association website in the description of this pod episode. Um, and a lot of the information that I'm about to share is from there. Um, and just, yeah, I, I think that they kind of sum it up. They also have a lot of resources. So if you or anyone you know is struggling with eating disorder, any type of eating disorder, please, please, please go to their website. Um, they have a helpline and I think they have other resources as well. And of course you can always reach out to me and I'll do what I can to help. Um, I... So I first wanted to say that I, I've been, a lot of people recently have been talking about, and I should say a lot of women, of course, again, I'm also speaking about my experience with this as a woman, but this does affect anyone of any gender, um, any sexuality, whatever it may be. Um, but I guess recently, like in my sphere, I've been hearing a lot of women talk about the fact that, um eating disorder and it's actually very, very dangerous and it's very uh, debilitating. And I think people that people don't take it seriously enough. Um, anorexia nervosa is actually um, has the highest mortality rate out of any psychological disorder or mental illness, um, at least in the US, if not everywhere in the world. Um, and I think that that is really scary. And honestly, I think it's really important for everyone to know that eating disorders do kill. The, the pressures that we as a society have placed on people regarding body image and regarding weight do kill. Um, so I think if you or anyone you know has ever commented or judged someone based on their weight um, or their size or anything else, um, I would urge you to urge them or urge yourself to think about whether you'd rather have this person alive and happy and healthy or if you'd rather have them dead, quite frankly. Um, Eating disorder also uh, co-occurs with a lot of other um, mental illnesses and other psychological disorders such as anxiety and depression um, and OCD, PTSD, all these different things. It's, it's really, really scary and it's really sad. And I think some of the hardest challenges that I've had to face mentally in my own life and from what I've heard from a lot of loved ones surround this topic and this issue. Um, so that's kind of the overall information that I wanted to share. Um, and I'm going to start out with talking about my story and then kind of going into what I've learned from it. Um, this is definitely a very sensitive Thing for me to share um, and I honestly don't even know if I'm 100% comfortable sharing it but I think it's necessary and I I'm kind of tired of 
and I've been tired of the pressures that we all face as a society and the pressures that I've faced literally since I was a child. Like, I cannot remember a time that I did not worry about my body and my weight and my size, even when I didn't need to do so. And honestly, no one does. Um, you should, you never have to worry about, you should never have to worry about those things because of how other people perceive you. At the end of the day, all that matters is that you are happy and healthy, however that may be, whether you need to be in a bigger body or smaller body, whatever it is, um, that's all that I care about when I think about the people I love. And I want to start thinking that way about myself as well. So before we get into it, again, I'm so sorry if you hear background noise. It is very, 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 very frustrating. Um, it's such a busy street and buses are always passing by and they're so loud and clunky and a lot is going to happen and that's just the nature of living in a city, of course, and then living on a main street within a city. Um, so yeah, please bear with me and I'm sorry if that ruins the quality of this episode. So I'm going to start off talking about my story, as I said. Um, Again, I should be able to remain composed, but just know that even if you can't hear it within my voice, uh, this has been a challenge for me for a long time, uh, for my entire life, and it's not easy to discuss, um, but I know that a lot of you will resonate with it and hopefully benefit from it, and hopefully you feel seen, because um, I know that when people talk about topics such as these, I, that's how I feel. Alright, so I'm going to start at me being eight years old. Um, I remember, so I was in third grade, eight years old, and I remember being on the playground and I was surrounded by, you know, classmates, friends, peers, and my teacher was also there, um, and he is great such a great person I hope he's doing well um and he kept like bending his knees um and he said that it helps him you know stay warm it also helps him like strengthen his legs and strengthen his calves and again totally valid thing he's an adult he's doing whatever he needs to do um while he's watching us kids uh traipse around the playground and for some reason, since that time, like here I am 24 years old and I still think about that every single day because that day I go home and I start stressing out about whether my calves are too quote unquote fat, um, which I'd like to say here, being fat does not mean it's not, we should remove any negative connotation from fatness. And that does not mean someone is unhealthy or anything like that. Um, but I'm just talking about this in the past as to what I thought at the time. Um, so I was worried, you know, that I was too chunky or whatever else it was. And again, I'm eight years old. Um, 
I was an active kid and I was like perfectly um, average size. Like there wasn't anything that I, and I only say that because I, there was nothing that I should have been concerned about. No one, as far as I know, had really voiced that to me, but I guess it was just what I was, it's just what I, the inf how I had been influenced through whatever media I was consuming as a kid and maybe the language that I heard around me, things like that. Um, so I started doing those like calf exercises that he was doing all the time. Like I would obsessively do them every morning. I would stick my leg up on my bed and observe my calf and check if it was getting smaller, which is such a random part of your body as well. And um, I run a lot now and I, you know, calf muscles are like really important to running in a lot of sports in general and I really enjoy having them. Um, so it just blows my mind that this is something that I was so pressed about at such a young age. Um, and I'm sure that there were certain body image thoughts that I had before the age of eight, but this is like the last thing that I can remember now being 24. Um, so if we think about that, it's literally been 16 years of me basically every single day of my life worrying about my body, how it looks, my weight, how I feel, um, my confidence. It Like it really shakes me and it's been shaking me for 16 years of my life, for most of my life at least. And that is exhausting. It's exhausting to me. It's exhausting to think about and it breaks my heart um, because I don't think that children should have to worry about things like that. Um, children deserve to grow and be happy and experience the world as fully as they possibly can. And to feel these pressures as a little girl is just, it's frustrating, it's disgusting, and it just makes me really sad. Um, so I was a swimmer, a competitive swimmer all throughout my life until I went to college. So that was like my primary sport. Um, I love swimming. I, to this day, I, I miss it a lot. It's definitely a very challenging sport. I don't think that people realize how challenging it is. Um, because on top of using your entire body, you're also pushing through water um, and we would have long practices, 5 a.m. practices, doubles, all of that and it's hard. It's not an easy sport. Um, I, again, I still miss it a lot. Um, for context, I love like distance swimming. I, I'm not really a sprinter either in both running and in Okay, sorry, I got cut off because um, my AC uh, turned on and it's super loud and we have window ACs, so I have to go turn that off really quickly. Um, hopefully I don't start sweating. I mean, today is not that hot of a day. Anyway, um, yes, yeah, so I am not really a swimmer in running uh, or swimming, and so I loved swimming distance and I loved butterfly um, I've always had like really broad shoulders and I'm not sure if that was because of swimming or because 
I just naturally had broad shoulders and that was helpful in swimming. Um, if you look at most swimmers, um, a lot of swimmers are described as like a Dorito shape because again, like we have really broad shoulders and then it kind of like goes inward, like a, like an inverted triangle basically. Um, and then of course, like muscular legs from that point. And that was also, also something that I was, I was always conscious of. Um, I've always had, so I have, a short torso but really long legs and my legs are what gives me like most of the height that I have um and I was a really really good kicker in swimming um and I feel like I put a lot of power behind my kicks um so like if you're swimming freestyle and you're like flutter kicking um etc uh but yeah so it's interesting because I was never someone, like, I've, I've always had, like, an average-sized body, I would say. So even though I spent so much of my life basically half-naked because of swimming, I didn't really feel conscious of my body in those settings. Like, we all just went to practice every day. We changed into our suits. We practiced. We would sit in our suits during meets. Um... It's like half of my life was in a swimsuit. Um, that being said, obviously I was conscious in other ways, like with body hair and things like that, but not um, weight-wise. But I do want to acknowledge that I do... I have talked to a lot of my friends who swam with me growing up and my friends who, who have always had larger chests, for example. Like, they they got boobs really early in life and their boobs were really large. Um, they said that they struggled a lot and felt really conscious in a swimsuit because it was just so heavy within a swimsuit. And a lot of times um, girls with larger chests and swimmings had to double up a lot on their swimsuits and also um, nothing gave them full coverage, um, which is a huge challenge. And if you know anything about um, like swimming and swim meets, um, you do wear like as tight as possible. You have to wear like a really tight swimsuit when you're at an important meet. So like a fast skin or something like that. So you're gonna, the smallest size you can fit into is what you want to wear because then that creates less drag and, um, helps you go faster in the water. And it feels literally like a second skin. Um, so I had friends who, uh, were, that was really challenging for them. You know, if you have like a large chest, you're already having to yank this really tight swimsuit over all of your body parts and you get to your chest. And there were so many, like, honestly, um, even for those who didn't have larger chests, like it would sometimes take multiple people to help one person into a swimsuit like that. So it only was exacerbated if you were larger in one area or the other. Um, that being said, I, again, competed in swimming my whole life. I was also a pretty average swimmer. Um, I'm not saying that, like, I definitely wasn't amazing or anything like that. But again, I still love it. Um, and after swim season, uh, high school swim season, junior year of high school, I just wasn't exercising. I didn't go back to club swimming. 
Um, I remember eating a lot of pizza during that time. Like during that time, like pizza was my favorite food and I would have it so, so often. Um, I didn't really have healthy practices. Um, honestly, mentally, I wasn't doing too well and I was like super dependent on the person I was dating at the time um, and just all these different things. And I ended up gaining quite a bit of weight um, after that swim season. And I didn't realize that I had until the following spring. I think it was a week before prom. And I went to the doctor for something completely unrelated. Like it was like I had dry, like corneal erosion syndrome in my eyes. Um, and when you go to the doctor, I didn't know until a couple of years ago that you could actually ask for them to not take your weight. Um, but I didn't know that all throughout growing up. So when I went to the doctor, obviously, you know, they check your weight and your height. So I get my weight and, um, I was told what my weight was and it was a number that personally shocked me. Um, now it, it wouldn't as much, but back then it did and no one was happy about it, including myself. And I could tell, you know, before that, that some of my clothes felt a little tighter. I was getting like little tears like in my, in my pants. Um, and I noticed that uh, for our like winter, our winter dance, I, um, the pictures that we took, I didn't love how I looked. And this isn't the first time that I felt conscious of my body, but I'm saying like this is kind this was kind of a turning point in in the changes that and everything that's about to that I'm about to say um so yeah just it was it was really shakening and to this day I genuinely cannot stand looking at my junior prom pictures because I thought that I looked horrible um I thought I looked really huge and I also think that I'm not a photogenic person which I know a lot of you say that I am whatever I don't know um but and so even though when I looked in the mirror during on the day of prom I liked how I looked in the mirror but then I looked at the pictures after and I I was so conscious and I hated them um, and that makes me really sad of course uh, but that's something with which I've struggled in a lot of different situations like I feel really really stressed out when pictures of me are taken or when I'm trying to take a picture because it's likely that I'll only like one out of like hundreds of them that are taken and even then I will admit here and now because of the body image issues that I've had and how conscious I have been in the past um you know especially when I was younger like probably like in high school um I did use like editing apps where I would make my face um less chubby or like my arms less chubby or something like that um which is so tragic it's it's tragic and only 
I don't do that now, but there are times when I feel like I should. And I don't know what it'll take for me to let go of those thoughts. Um, and one thing I will say again is that I could have that day, whatever the picture, it, whatever day the picture is taken, I could have liked, loved how I looked. I could have looked amazing to myself, but it's like in the picture, it didn't turn out that way. And they do say that like videos and pictures add like 10% onto your body weight or something. Um, I don't have any sources for that right now. So don't take it, just take it with a grain of salt. Like I don't want to spread misinformation either, but basically that's how it was. And I was told by a lot of different important people in my life after that point that I needed to lose weight. I feel like as a teenage girl, um, 16 years old, a lot of people start talking about your weight. Um, and I think this is just in general. I, I also think there's a lot of pressure within the Indian community. Like aunties would, whenever they saw me at gatherings, like family friend gatherings, stuff like that, would comment on my weight. Um, whether it, I gained or lost weight, like they would be like, oh, you you look, you, you've lost so much weight. Um, oh, you've gained weight or like you look quote unquote healthy or whatever it is. And it's like, why are you even commenting on that in the first place? Um, but that's how it was. So of course you're going to face all of those pressures. And that summer after junior year, I felt a lot of pressure to, um, lose as much weight as possible. Um, also at this point I was no longer with the guy I was dating and it was summertime. I was going to take my senior pictures later on in the summer um, because I don't know if everyone does this, but um, at least in Minnesota where I'm from, um, as someone, like as a senior in high school, you take like professional pictures of yourself. Um, like you have a photographer do it. So I was gearing up for that and yeah, just feeling a lot of pressure in general and um so and I was being told like hey like you need to lose weight you look chunky you look all these things etc um and I think of course society gets the best of everyone and I don't think it's on any individual person if they've ever made a comment like that I just think that that's just what we've been conditioned like you're supposed to look a certain way and Obviously, the body positivity and, like, the body neutrality movement wasn't really a thing at that time, um, at least in the way it is now. And skinny was trendy and being stick thin was trendy. And I feel like it's always trendy. Like, no one's ever going to say anything. Like, if you're thin and you look good, no one's going to say anything about that, you know? Like, in the same way that if you suddenly gain weight or lose weight or if you are fat, whatever it is. Um, and I think what I'll say here now is that something that I've had to unlearn is that beauty does not equate to size. Beauty does not equate to weight. Um, people, it's all been ingrained in our minds that you can only be beautiful if you're small and thin and all this stuff. And that's just not true 
at all. Um, but it's something that I have to push myself to unlearn every single day of my life, even at this point. Um, so yeah, I, as I went into senior year of high school, um, I was already, you know, struggling with depression. Um, and I developed anxiety during this time as well. I'm not really sure why or how. I mean, I can't, you can't really explain those things right. But I remember being a super, super anxious person and feeling those feelings or experiencing those moods or that chemical imbalance or whatever you want to call it um, for the first time. And I started exercising really, really avidly. Um, I did not swim uh, for my high school senior year, so I would be working out on my own. I started running a ton um, and swimming as well still. And coupled with this, I stopped eating. Um, I would have a fiber one bar in the morning, if that. And the reason I chose fiber one is because it makes you poop. So basically I would eat that and I wanted something that would make me poop because I wanted to feel lighter. Like I was obsessed with this, this idea of feeling lighter because if I felt lighter and like not quote unquote heavy, then I would feel skinnier, look skinnier, whatever it is, right? Um, also, I'm just going to say right now, I am talking really candidly about this and I'm using the language that has been embedded into my mind, again, by societal pressures and just, I'm just saying what we all think on the inside, okay? So this might not necessarily be PC, but this is the thought process. I do not condone, like, certain terms or language or whatever, calling someone skinny or whatever it is. You know, but that's how people think. Um, so I want to reiterate that. Anyway, um, I would. Eat, that's all I would eat the entire day. I would have a fiber one bar. Um, I specifically chose the ninety calorie ones, not even the normal fiber one bars that are a little bit more because ninety calories that means it's lighter. And I started calorie counting in general. Um, I would look at the. I was obsessed with looking at the calories of everything when I would go out to eat I would choose the meal with the least amount of calories and I still find myself doing that I try to do it less but this is something that I that I that took over my mind for such a long time um again started running a lot at a really fast pace um I had done um even though swimming was my primary sport I had done track and field as well for my high school freshman and sophomore year of high school and I didn't do it after that point and running is always something that I've enjoyed but um you know I gained weight I wasn't exercising at all so I was really just getting back into it but I started out as as fast a pace as I could possibly go and would push myself to the brink um if I wasn't drenched in sweat and out of breath every single time I exercised, which was every day, um, that wouldn't cut it and I would feel unsettled. So I, during this time, 
I've also struggled with my my digestive system in general, like since I was a little kid. Um, you know, I was that person drinking the prune juice for um, constipation and things like that. And I was feeling, my stomach was just feeling weird, I guess, senior year, fall of high school. So I end up going to the doctor and the doctor prescribes me a laxative. Um, she prescribed me Miralax. And I started obsessively taking this um, because I loved how much I lost from having, this lax from having this laxative. Every time I wanted to get food out of my body, which was like immediately, as soon as I ate, instead of just digesting it properly, I would just take as much laxatives, as much of this laxative as possible and make sure that I pooped it out. Um, and I carried this with me into college. I bought so many um, cartons or I don't know what you call it. It's not really a box. It's not really a bottle. So many whatever uh, packs of Miralax and I would obsessively mix that in my water and chug it and go sit on the toilet and you know make sure that I was getting it all out and I genuinely kid you not um I lost about 25 pounds from all of this um in a very short amount of time um like within I don't even know like six months five months maybe um because I remember being weighed I got my wisdom teeth out uh March that's of my senior year and so I remember again they take your weight because also they need to know how much like um when you get your wisdom teeth out since they put you under they need to know how much medicine to give you based on the size of your body and I remember hearing or them giving me my weight at that point and it was so much lighter and all of my clothes started fitting like everything was looser on me if you see the pictures of you know how I looked at my junior prom to my senior prom you could see how much weight I lost and what's really unfortunate too is um I was still starting out this weight loss journey um that summer after junior year and that's when I had taken my senior pictures so I remember getting my senior pictures back and I had a huge breakdown and I was sobbing because I looked, to me, I looked huge. I looked, and that for me, huge equated to horrible. I looked, I didn't feel beautiful by any means. And I had been told so much and conditioned so much that the only way I could look pretty or be pretty or look beautiful the only way that I could be attractive was what if I were as thin as I could possibly be as fit as whatever you want to call it right um it was it was it, it's hard it's it was really hard and my anxiety allowed I say allowed but like this isn't a good thing like my anxiety allowed me to not have an appetite and so that combined with laxatives, combined with, you know, barely eating as it is, I, 
I'm, I have a huge sweet tooth. I started avoiding desserts completely. I would take the smallest portions, like the smallest, smallest portions whenever I ate dinner with my family and, or so like every day or, you know, going out to eat, I would barely eat anything I feel like. And I wouldn't, and it was just such a different change that I, I lost so much weight. And I had like this, it was like, I had to be in control. And my personality, I would say already is I do like being in control. I like, I can be controlling um, in a lot of different situations. And that's something that I've had to uh, break down and unlearn as well throughout the past few years and throughout college, especially. Um, but that control and that obsession with and the anxiety that came from not wanting to look a certain way uh perpetu like permeated like my every waking every waking minute all my thoughts and I did not rest until actually I still didn't rest even after this um but I knew that I felt I was feeling a little bit more relief because the aunties started saying wow, you've lost so much weight, um, blah, blah, blah. And like a lot of times, you know, these are these are 50-year-old women who've had children. Um, like they're fully grown women. Um, they're friends. They're parents of my friends, whatever it is. And, you know, they're going through menopause or whatever. It's like they're in a completely different phase of life. And they're asking me, a teenager, and... Even even in my 20s, this doesn't make any sense. But they're asking like me and my friends, like us as young people, how we look so thin and what they can do to achieve that. And it's like, why? It's 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 so twisted. And it, again, it's not on any individual. It's literally just what society has conditioned us to think. Um, like, and it's like you don't need to look one like anyone you don't need to look any type of way you just need to be happy and healthy and you can do whatever you want but like I'm sorry but your body is not a 16 17 18 19 20 year old body anymore like you are a fully grown woman who has had children who works full-time who's going through all these other bodily changes and you're asking us for advice. Um, and that still happens to this day. It's it's really discouraging and it, it really hurts. It really it really hurts and the amount of pressure, like it's it's exhausting. Um, but yeah, I carried this into college with me, um, and I didn't know that I had eating disorder, like I had never put a name to it at that time like I was just obsessed with the calories and I was obsessed with working out and my goal every single day going to the gym was to burn more calories than what I ate that day so I remember like there were times um freshman year of college where I would burn 800 to a thousand calories at the gym but only eat 200 calories in a day in a 24-hour period that's what I would do um, I don't know how that was sustainable for me at the time. Um, I guess I still had some sort of spirit or energy that I don't 
have now and honestly that I don't wish to have I do mourn it because of these toxic thoughts you know and because of my struggles with body image but I know that that wasn't good at all and I shouldn't wish to have that now um but I remember like I would have 8 a.m spanish um that whole freshman year of college i had spanish at 8 a.m monday through thursday and so i would wake up at 5 a.m and go to the gym the rec well on the university of minnesota campus and be there right as it opened at 5 45 um and get in like a super intense workout i would run a ton that's mainly what i did was run um run until like I literally couldn't breathe I was again I had to be drenched in sweat or it wasn't good enough it wasn't a good enough workout if I wasn't red in the face drenched in sweat exhausted and then I would come back home shower and then go across campus again to 8 a.m Spanish be out the whole day um do like have do whatever meetings I had student group stuff classes all of that study blah 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 go to bed at you know 11 p.m midnight wake up again at five and do it all again um and that doesn't even account for the fact that I struggle severely with insomnia so I honestly wasn't getting that much like solid deep rest and you know obviously I ate in the dining hall but I actually ended up going into the second semester freshman year I actually ended up um changing my meal plan to less meals per week because I wasn't eating that much um, and I don't even think that I met that quota either. Um, I also, during this time, so uh, growing up, just so everyone knows, my mom is vegetarian. My dad eats meat. Um, they grew up in very different families, like culturally. And I was always able to eat meat like it was completely my choice. I'm, I've never been a huge meat eater. Um... And we didn't have that much meat in our house growing up. Um, and to the and now, like, my brother and my dad still eat meat. My mom and I are vegetarian. And I chose to become officially vegetarian uh, freshman year of college, January. Um, so, and the reason I chose to do that, I... Obviously, people do it for all different reasons, but... And of course, I, I care a lot about the environment. I am happy to be vegetarian. But um, honestly, I primarily did it because I wanted to feel lighter. I thought that would be another way in which I could lose as much weight as possible. Um, and I did feel lighter um, because I wasn't eating. I was, I was barely getting like any protein anymore. But I was still like running my body into the ground, literally, um, with workouts and things like that. And the nutrients that I wasn't feeding my body ended up affecting me a lot to the point that um, I actually got a stress fracture in my pelvic bone um, right at the start of summer between my freshman and sophomore year of college. So that killed me because I couldn't exercise that entire summer. Like they literally told me, because it was in my pelvic bone in a very specific place, the doctor said, you can't even do crunches. Like, you can't do those types of floor exercises, let alone run. Like, I had crutches the entire summer 
because of my stress fracture. And they said that I'm not getting enough nutrients, like whatever it may be, calcium, protein, whatever it is, and my bones were weaker. Uh, so this was really hard for me, but it didn't really shake that. This wasn't, it, it was really hard for me, but it wasn't a wake-up call. I was still like, okay, that just means I have to eat less. I have to do all these things. Like I need to remain as, you know, slender, whatever as possible during this time that I cannot run. And I was bursting, like I was bursting at the seams, ready, waiting to run again, um, ready to work out. Um, and I was excited to do that, you know, going into sophomore year, which honestly got in some ways became even more extreme because at this point I, you know, I don't have the meal plan anymore. I'm living in an apartment with my friends and I literally every day, like my diet was literally salads. Like I would have blueberries, which are my favorite food and became my favorite food when I developed you know, disordered eating tendencies in high school, senior year of high school. Um, but blueberries, salads, uh, the occasional bagel, granola bar, that was pretty much what I stuck to the entire time. I, I like started craving salads, like that's all I wanted to eat. And I knew that I would feel light. And I keep saying like, feel light, but that's literally what I thought in my mind. Like, I just want the feeling of feeling light and like, I don't know, like airy and dainty and whatever, all these different things. Because to me, that was what made me attractive or beautiful or whatever else, right? Um, and I would, again, um, I had, I remember like I had ADM classes uh, that fall semester. And what I would do literally, again, is wake up at 5 something 5 30 and go work out in our apartment gym i would run miles then i would get back upstairs shower go off to class go throughout my whole day and i was i i was a very i was very involved in college um my people who know me from undergrad will laugh at this but um we all use like google calendar was a really big thing um and so my gcal was packed to the brim um, I don't know how I did it, but I did it. I would be running from one place to the other, whatever it is. And I would then come home. Well, actually, I wouldn't come home. So I was taking intermediate microeconomics that fall. And that's by far probably the hardest econ class that I took in college, which doesn't even make sense because that's like the starter. It's not the starter class, but after like the intro classes, you have the intermediate classes, which you have to take to get it, which you have to take to major in economics or minor in economics. So you take those and then you take the electives, which are also really hard. Econ is really hard, um, but that's a separate conversation. So I was taking intermediate microeconomics, me and three of my friends, one of whom I started dating, we studied for hours every single night. Like we would have our whole days we were all, you know, really involved on campus in different ways. And then we would meet up and we would be pouring over our econ homework and studying for the exams until midnight, 1 a.m. So I would get back home after that point, quickly eat whatever, whatever it is I ate, a, a quick bagel, a salad, whatever, go to bed, 
wake up again at 5.30, 5.50, whatever, run miles, and go to class. Um, again, I do not know how I was able to do that because I could not do that now at all, uh, especially because I was still, again, struggling with insomnia. So it's not like my sleeps were very restful either. Um, but yeah, I I was still running my body into the ground. I, I've had a slew of like running injuries and just sports injuries in general um, throughout life and especially from running because running is hard on your body in a lot of ways, especially when you come from swimming and like swimming, like I said, is very challenging, but you're not pounding your feet against the ground day in and day out. And I probably wasn't wearing or I definitely wasn't wearing the best shoes for my feet at the time because I have really flat feet and I didn't really know much about how to find a good pair of running shoes. And I got, I remember I got bursitis in my hip, um, things like that. And I do feel like a lot of this is from overworking my body. A lot of it is from not having the right nutrients again, now being a vegetarian and all of that. But in general, I would push my body to the core because I, I had to have, I had to be, I had to have that ideal body, which I still can't even tell you what it is because there are times when, like, I would keep telling myself, like, oh, I need to get under this weight and then I will feel, like, worthy. Um, but I, and I did achieve that. I, I got to a weight that I thought I wanted and I didn't feel happier. I didn't feel better. I didn't feel more deserving of anything. Um, and I think that says a lot. So toward the end of sophomore year of college, I was pushed by my boyfriend at the time to go see a therapist uh, for a multitude of reasons. Um, or it was something that I had been thinking about for a while, but I know something that I really need to do and I finally felt encouraged to do it. So I go and I'm talking to her about all this stuff and I already knew I had depression and anxiety. Okay, whatever it is. Um, but then she, she mentions eating disorder and I was shocked. I did not think about that at all. I did not even think that I had that until she told me and she was like these are all the things you're doing and this is eating disorder and I yeah I was so surprised I felt weak when she told me that I felt I felt like my body was weak like sure I was exercising every day and doing whatever I was doing but I didn't feel like that strong fit whatever girl I wanted to be um, and obviously fit looks different for everyone too. So I'm not saying that that has to look one way or the other. I think society, again, expects fit women to look a certain way and fit people in general to look a certain way. Um, but that doesn't mean that's necessarily how it is, right? And yeah, I just remember feeling weak and I, I didn't really know what to do with that information. And it still didn't really change everything, anything for me. I... I still continued doing what I was doing and working out as much as I was and there were so many times like like I've had friends throughout the years like during those years even in high school 
um be like wow like you've gotten so small and um wow you like run at a really fast pace um all of that and I can't run at that pace anymore by the way um and I just didn't really think much of it uh going into junior year of high school I especially over the winter time I ended up losing even more weight uh like another 10 pounds probably and you know one thing that had really thrilled me was I knew that I even even at the end of high school going into college I got really excited because I knew that I was losing weight because my like I said my clothes were really loose on my body um maybe not like noticeably loose but well, some things were, but, you know, the waistbands got, the waistbands became looser, things like that. And I realized that I was also viewing my body as larger than it was. And so I thought I needed like certain sizes in clothes when really I wasn't choosing clothes that fit well for my body. So I ended up, um going down a few sizes in jeans for example and I okay so I guess I'll just trigger warning I'm gonna mention like some numbers for context um but I ended up going down to a size two in jeans and even that was loose for me so my goal was like oh maybe I can get down to a zero a size zero in jeans um things like that and I and then I would go from like a medium to small in leggings and whatever else right and my 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 chest size like my boobs actually got smaller too so I had to I this bra that I had gotten um junior year of high school and I had gained weight was suddenly way too big for me so I had to get like a smaller size in bras and bralettes I was primarily wearing bralettes at that time because I like I I've always had like in my opinion like good sized boobs like I've always had a chest but it was just I don't know I don't really know how to describe it like it it looked like I had stuff there but the size of it was actually not that large um I would say but that's besides the point so um yeah, so junior year of college rolls around and I lose even more weight and this is due to many reasons. I was in a relationship that really broke me broke me down completely and I still have a lot of there's a lot of heaviness that I carry from that time um to this day and I was so anxious from that but also just from everything else that I wouldn't eat like I would try to eat and even if I did eat I would it would come out the other end right away because you know like when anxiety manifests physically your stomach can hurt um you end up going to the bathroom more things like that so everything that I was doing like wasn't even taking the time to digest it was just coming out and I was also too depressed to make food so on both ends, I wasn't really consuming a lot, and I was still trying to move my body as much as I could, but this was when the tiredness started to hit because I literally wasn't eating anything. 
Um, and I noticed, I started noticing that my, my pants were like slipping down. Like they were like falling off of my body. Like basically all of my clothes were very loose for me. Um, and others may have not noticed it at the time, but it's like, I noticed it because, you know, like, okay, for example, leggings are supposed to be really fitted and it was, my leggings were loose, like, like they were loose in my hip and my butt area, my waist area and my, just everywhere. And my jeans were like clinging off of my body. Um, and I feel like that's when I started noticing things a little bit more. And the other tipping point was, you know, I'm going through all this stuff physically and emotionally while also partaking in all of these extracurriculars. I had a lot of leadership positions on campus and obviously my classes. And I had to go to the doctor once and they weighed me because I, again, at that point, I still didn't know that I could ask to not be weighed. And I saw a number on the scale that I had not seen before, like in years. Um, like, and the last time I saw it was because that was like a normal weight for someone of my age, like when I was younger. But now I was bordering like underweight. Um, and this was what I was saying earlier. Like I had always wanted to be this weight or I had achieved this goal of mine to be under a certain weight and I finally got to that place but I didn't feel happy I felt unsatisfied um I felt weak I felt like my body felt weak but at the same time I was like come on Natasha like you need to lose even more um and I would be really hard on myself like I would yell at myself you know I think that people don't take um self-talk seriously and in itself and like I had a lot of negative self-talk like I would literally beating be beating my mind black and blue um every time if I skipped a workout uh let's say I was working out like if I if I didn't work out six to seven days a week I'd be really disappointed in myself um constantly checking my steps on my phone because back then I didn't have an Apple Watch, um, constantly checking my mileage, all of that. And I remember, you know, I was going through a hard time, like I said, and my parents had come to see me and I was dressed up uh, for this event called Juzpa, which is like... Um, the U of M, it's what it hosts for like the Indian fusion dance teams, basically, and you get dressed up like heels, dress, all of that, and you go watch. And I was so, so thin. And to this day, they're like, you had lost so much weight. Um, so yeah, it was just, it was really interesting. And I think, I, I think that maybe that was a little bit of a wake up call. I think I started becoming a little bit better about my body and the way that I was treating it after that point. Um, like I was comfortable eating a little bit more. Um, and I got better about the way that I was exercising and all of that. And I still, you know, was the same size, but I started to like fill my clothes again.
And I I think something that I've always that I've been trying to again analyze and unlearn is that I feel like personally I don't carry weight well so if I gain weight it doesn't look good on me versus like if someone else were to gain or lose weight they would still look good regardless but I just feel like my body is not made for that and it might be because I have a short torso and long legs so if I do gain anything up top like my chest gets bigger or my arms get bigger it looks uh bigger or chunkier or whatever than it actually is um and I only say this because this is very like vulnerable of me to admit and it's toxic I fully recognize that and again I'm trying to unlearn that and get away from that mindset as much as possible um and I, I, I really hope that none of you listening think this way. So senior year rolls around, still, you know, body is where it is. And I felt, I don't know, it, it's interesting too because I, I felt decent about my body at the time. I think, again, the disordered eating thoughts really got to me so I thought you know when I was bloated on my period or like one day I'd look a little like chubby or whatever it is but now I look back on all the pictures from college and I looked so small so I don't even know what I was thinking I remember um I went on this trip with my friends Harmon Pree and Claire to San Francisco senior year January and I was so conscious of like all the pictures that we took and I was telling Harmon Pete like, oh my god, like I look so big, like I, you can't post that picture. But now I look back on literally every picture we took on that trip, and I look so small. So I don't know what, my mind was so warped in so many different ways. And again, even if I, even if I looked huge, that is fine, okay? Like, let's just establish that right now. Like, your beauty, again, does not equate to your size. Um... But yeah, I, I think I became a little bit more lax about things at that point. And then all of a sudden, right, 2020 pandemic hits. Um, so a lot of things were closed down. We weren't moving as much. Lives, our lives became more sedentary. So doing school at home, doing meetings at home, um, then applying to jobs at home and, you know, the gym was closed, things like that. So I wasn't working out as stringently as I once was and I slowly but surely over the past you know since 2020 or the past three years I well okay I'd say over the past like from 20 2021 and 2022 I gained a, a large amount of weight um I have not weighed myself in a couple of years because I no longer do that at the doctor because my doctor advised me to not do so um but I know that I've gained a lot a lot of weight um clothes that I was wearing in college a lot most or I'd say like 75% of them don't fit me anymore my chest size has changed completely um and yeah I my just I look 
I've gained so much weight. Like, I, I don't even really know what to say. And that could be due to a lot of different reasons. Like I said, things were more sedentary during the pandemic. And, like, I was working remotely from home and then going to grad school, which obviously grad school is a stressor in itself. And by this point, I'm exhausted by everything that's happening in the world and mentally and all of that. I was in a relationship and we were eating more. I started, you know, I, I felt like I started filling the void again by everything that was happening in the world by eating dessert like I looked forward to having ice cream every day which again if that's what you want to do that's fine but I have never been the best at um portion control which again could be really toxic for some people so I don't recommend it for everyone also I'm not a doctor I don't think any of you should take any of this to heart I'm just saying this is my experience and how I felt um but I've always struggled with portions honestly and so and I think that was part of the reason why I just stopped eating completely when I was when my eating disorder first started because I knew that the moment food would touch my lips I would want to eat a lot of it so I became very averse to food I hated food like I, I had a very bad relationship with food and all of a sudden I had let all of that go and I would eat so much ice cream and I would eat so many different things and take seconds and thirds and whatever else um and I and I still I've always I've I love working out I've always been working out during this time but it hasn't been nearly as frequently as it was when I was in college um or senior year of high school or even when I was a swimmer uh I I started, you know, skipping more days because for so long I was so stringent and so strict with myself about it that I, after a certain point, especially when the pandemic hit, I started dreading it. I didn't want to exercise anymore. It made me feel, I didn't feel motivated at all. I dreaded my workouts and I was like, I'm tired of being so out of breath all the time. Um... So I just stopped exercising as much. And I think that a pressure that I felt is I feel like during the pandemic, because we weren't able to see each other as much, like people started walking more and other people started getting into working out while I had been into working out for so long that I was getting out of it. So I felt like everyone else around me was becoming fit and thin and all these different things. And also there's that like, I don't know, like the pandemic fatigue and pandemic, like you see people traveling, going on tropical vacations, which they shouldn't have been during that time, but they were. And you see all these people like in their like bikinis and whatever else. And I'm here slowly but surely gaining weight. Um, I also think that being a woman in your 20s is a really challenging time. I mean, being a girl is really challenging, but being a woman like they say that there's this thing called second puberty and if that if that's a thing I have definitely and hit that um and you know going on birth control things like that really do mess with your body and um your weight and there's a certain level of things that are within my control but there are also a certain level of things that are not um so that's where I am now and I've been 
struggling so much, if I'm going to be honest. Um, over the past couple of years, um, I felt so much pressure even moving to Boston. I was like, oh, my body looked this way during college and now I'm moving to Boston and meeting all these people and they're going to think that this is, you know, how I look when that's not the case. And I was so committed to being like, this is not how my body normally is. Like, I need to get back to what it was and like being so hard on myself and not, I refuse to accept where my body was. And of course, I have friends of all different shapes and sizes and people living all over the world and dealing with their own pressures and on their own body image journeys. So it's really easy when you're not seeing these people every day, but you see them online, like your own friends and you're comparing yourself to like how they look now. And you don't know what they're experiencing, right? Um, that friend of yours who looks so snatched and skinny and whatever on your on your feed may be struggling with eating disorder right um and it could also be the opposite too like you know people have so much judgment for people hold so much judgment for fat people which is honestly disgusting that people have judgment not fat people that people have judgment for fat people and honestly judgment for anyone's bodies but it's like Anytime a fat person posts a picture of themselves and they're feeling themselves and all of that, which they should because they're all beautiful, everyone's beautiful. Um, and someone's like, ew, like you need to go to the gym, you need to do this, you need to do that. When it's like, they probably work out more than you do. Like you, you internet troll sitting here judging someone else's body when you have no idea what their lives are like. You have no idea what they eat every day, what their workouts are like, what their past is like, the traumas they've been through, um, how their identity, how their ethnicity and race and, you know, all of this and their class impacts how their body is. Um, and I still feel like, you know, we can preach as much as we want, but I still feel like we're not at a point where people understand that like no one understands the root cause of any of this and no one has that empathy and that's missing in so many different situations but i feel like the idea of body image and fatness and eating disorder um are not included enough it when we're talking about intersectionality and being inclusive um, so this is just a reminder for that as well. And I also just want to say, like, I've had this conversation with so many different friends, um, but we could all, let's say like from day zero, whatever, we're all eating and doing the exact same things, doing the exact same workouts, working out for the same amount of time, same exact moves, doing things at the same pace, eating the same exact foods. And we would still look different from one another because we all have different bodies. Like I, if you have a, like we all have different metabolisms and different environments and all of that. Like I could literally eat the same thing as the person sitting next to me and work out the same way they do. And I will never look like them. They will never look like me. And why it just bothers me that people don't recognize that. And then I get worried 
because I know that people don't recognize that. And then I feel conscious that they're going to be judging me without thinking about all of those factors, without having that empathy, right? Or judging other people for that matter. Um, I also feel this is something that I... So I don't know if you all know who Penn Badgley is, but he played Dan in Gossip Girl and he is like the main character in the show called You, which I don't watch, but whatever. Um, he has a podcast with two of his friends who are both teachers and they're both women and they had Jamila Jamil on as a guest. And this podcast episode, I'm going to link it. It was phenomenal. I also think that Jamila Jamil gets a lot of hate for that is unwarranted, but that's again, a whole separate conversation, but she talked about how, you know, now she's, she's tall and she's skinny, but she used to be the fat kid. Um, like she talks about that in the pod and she says that it's interesting because people are only willing to listen to skinny people when it comes to body image. Um, if you see a number of the, the TikToks and the reels and the Insta posts, all these, ha like 90% of these people who are posting those side-by-side -side comparison pictures or the what I eat in a day is, they're all thin. Like they're all skinny people. They're all quote-unquote fit. They're all of these things. And I'm like, how is that helping anyone? Like, I don't care if you are super, super thin, you know, I'm sure you have your own insecurities. I'm not saying, I think everyone, regardless of what your body type is, has insecurities. I'm not saying that. But if you are thin and you're saying like, what I eat in a day and it's all junk food and you're like, this is what I eat every day so you can feel great about eating whatever you want too. That doesn't make me feel better. That doesn't make anyone feel better because you're still thin. Like that doesn't help anyone. Um, and I know that's a bit of a hot take and people can post whatever they want, but I have a bone to pick with that type of like rhetoric. I guess. Um, and it actually is so, it's so true. Like, it's, it's the same thing. I've said this before, but um, I worked as a diversity and inclusion specialist. And even before that, whenever I've had talked to a room full of white people about the experiences of people of color, it doesn't hit the same as if a white person were talking to them. Like, I could say like, oh, this is this is what people experience, people of color experience. And then, and they'll be like, oh, okay, whatever, you know? But if a white person goes out there and says, this is what people of color experience, they'll be like, wow, I never even thought about it that way. It's like, they don't trust someone who has that experience. Um, and that is really invalidating, I think, for anyone who is, who has a different type of body who is marginalized, whatever it is. Um, even, you know, as a woman, people are going to, men could say the same exact thing and people will listen to them more, even if though the woman said it first. It's the same thing I feel like for um, people of different bodies. It's the same thing for like when a fat person is sharing their story, why do you need a skinny person to back them up, right? Like, it doesn't make any sense. And I remember what I was saying earlier, um, I'm sure you all know who Lizzo is. I think that she is so talented and stunning and amazing and great and all these things. Um, but she responded to a hate comment that was like, you need to get in the gym or something like that. And she was like, she posted, like I think a TikTok um, where 
she showed her workout routine and she was like, this is what I do every single day. So I don't know what you're talking about. Like, this is how my body is. I love my body. And trust me, I am exercising. So it's like, at that point, what are you supposed to do? Like, why is it then her fault? And like, why do you not trust and believe her word? Um, it's just... Ugh, it's just like I, I keep saying this but it's just exhausting and it's hard um and I I do think that you know again everyone regardless of how your body is the world definitely favors and is made for thin people I know that like even like the privileges I have with that too like again I'm I'm, I'm like your average sized person so and I you know I'll go I'll board a plane and I'll sit in my seat and I can sit there comfortably whatever but I'm like this, if you were like a bit bigger than I am which a lot of people are you know and a lot of people are like whatever you know what I mean um how would you fit in this seat like, I truly believe that the world is still made for thin people and caters to thin people. Um, in And if you look at airplanes, if you look at cars, if you look at bus seats on the train or the bus or um, just all these different things, like, it's... I think that we need to do better as a society because... Not everyone is a size two or a four or whatever. I think, like, that's ridiculous to me. Um, and I think that people have a really skewed perception of what an average sized person is. And I think that a lot of people think it's smaller than what it is. And so that kind of um, like, tips the pendulum one way. I'm, I'm missing the phrase that I want to say right now, but you know what I mean. So, and I think it's, I don't know, I just think it's fair, like, before people get all defensive and they're like, well, I'm skinny and, like, I deal with this, blah, 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 blah. Look, I've been there. I've been in your shoes. I've been on, I've been there, okay? I'm still saying that the world is more conducive to you and more accepting to you than it is of someone who is fat, um, who has become fat or has always been fat, whatever it is, right? Um, it's, there's so much, I mean, we, we can even talk about it within like the medical fields. Like we know that medical racism exists. We know that fat phobia in the medical field is a huge, 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 huge issue. And basically if you, like, for, I'm fortunate and have the privilege in that I have not experienced this as much personally, but I know that, like, I've seen a lot of stories and a lot of friends tell me who do have bigger bodies and who are fat that they'll go to the doctor and they'll say that they're struggling with this thing and the doctor's like, well, you need to lose weight. Like, that's the issue. Um, that's ridiculous, honestly, because... I can say this as someone who has her master's in public health. Um, we, in in my human rights classes, we discussed the concept of fat phobia. And honestly, 
a lot of those chronic diseases that you think are more prevalent in fat people are actually more prevalent in skinny people um like people who are underweight so i should use that instead right um so heart disease diabetes all of that you are more at risk for those things when if you are very thin and underweight um and i don't this is where things get dicey because I don't want to get into the whole uh, aspect of like skinny shaming or fat shaming. I'm just saying that in a world where everyone thinks that fat people carry all of the di the diseases or whatever else, um, it's actually not true. Like it's basically just people spreading misinformation because they only want to see things that are palatable to them. Um, it's, yeah, and, it, and, and then there's the concept of sizes, right? Um, I remember someone, I saw like an Instagram reel of someone who got like a size large and a size extra large of the same pair, the exact same pair of jeans from Zara. And she compared them literally laid one on top of the other and the extra large was actually smaller than the large so that just shows you as well that sizes are extremely inaccurate and people but people have so much judgment around like oh like you need like an extra large whatever like this girl's an extra small or whatever it is right and it's so funny because the other day i held up a tank top also conveniently from zara to my mom and I asked her what size she thought it was um, because it looks really tiny and she said it's an extra small and I said no it's a large and I think that says so much in itself um, and if that's how sizes are anyone who has a larger body like what are they gonna do like I again the world and the fashion industry especially caters so much to certain people and honestly like you you have to have a lot of resources and privilege at your disposal to get clothes that fit you well or that are made for you um i talked about this a little bit in my episode on influencers but just the idea that you know they look a certain way because they can afford to do so and part of that is also having clothes that are made for them they're able to buy the more expensive items that are better quality and that fit better and not everyone can do that. So it's like, again, what are people supposed to do? Um, I think like everything else in this world, every other issue in this world, uh, the, the anger and the scapegoat in all of this is incredibly misplaced. And I hope that we can move past it. And I'm slowly, slowly trying to do that myself. But as you can as you have heard from the journey that i just expressed of like my own journey it's really challenging for me still and to this day i i have breakdowns about my body um i i hear a lot of negative things and i've i've heard it's just it's been really challenging honestly like that's all i can really say and i'm nowhere near healed in that regard but I think I'm at the point where I want to do what makes me happy um I feel like I've been better about you know eating 
like a balanced diet recently and I the weather's really nice so I'm feeling really motivated for my going on my runs and my workouts and all of that and I definitely feel a lot of pressure like a lot of us do with summer right around the corner and um, bikini season and just like wearing you're, you're covering your body less um, and I, I want to do the best that I can to have a little bit more grace with myself and that's an every day battle that's an every minute battle honestly um, but I'm just being real by saying all this and I just I hope that you all know that your health comes before anything else and you will attract what's meant for you you will feel beautiful as you're meant to feel beautiful I I don't want to make this so cliche and um, cheesy in that sense but I I just it breaks my heart when I hear people discuss their worth um, in correlation to the size of their body and I do that a lot myself and that hurts me it hurts me that I think that way it hurts me that that is the way that I've been conditioned to feel and think and view my body and it's so 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 exhausting um, I'm sure that I'll talk more about all this moving forward. Like, there, there's a whole aspect of mental health here that I feel like is a whole other episode that I am not necessarily prepped to record anytime soon, but I appreciate you all, you know, bearing with me and listening to this, and I hope that you know that you have someone who's in your corner um, after listening to this, um, and all of your experiences are unique and different, just as your bodies are, um, so you're entitled to feel how you feel, but just know that confidence is everything, and it's better to just live than to just be constantly exhausted by the expectations that this world places on you. So that's where I'll end it for now. Um, I want to really quickly get into, I know this is a bit of a long episode, so I really appreciate those of you who are listening to the whole thing. Um, like, honestly, I really appreciate it. Um, but I want to get into something that brought me, you know, joy or filled me with love this past week. And I will say that I'm not necessarily feeling the best, like, mentally or emotionally, um, because of a lot of different factors in my life and, you know, things that are just weighing on me like employment and all of that. But I am feeling great being back here in Boston and seeing my friends. Um, it's been so long since I've seen them and it's been really nice to catch up with everyone and be around people who bring me so much joy. Um... And we'll see, you know, what the future holds, what the summer holds, all of that. And then for a song suggestion, um, since, you know, it's been kind of sunny recently, hopefully it's sunny where you are, um, and we're getting into summer, I thought I'd go with a more upbeat tune, especially after 
us talking about a very serious topic. Um, so there's this song, which I've told a lot of people about, and I've been listening to it for a really, for like a few, couple of years at least. Um, but it's called Lifestyle by Dizzy Faye, and it's very like upbeat, perfect for those windows down, summer drives type vibes. Um, so I will link all of that in the description of this episode, and I really appreciate you all sticking with me through this episode, and I'd love to hear your thoughts, and I'm sorry if I didn't use the best language at certain times. Um, I was just trying to be as transparent as possible, which is what I aim to do with this podcast, and I definitely feel really afraid to publish this, but we're gonna do it. Um, so yeah, thank you all so much. I'm sending you all lots of love for the week ahead, and see you all next week.